Even the night before marriage, <laughs> it was hard. She was saying, you know, this is not for me. I don't want to marry. Marriage wasn't healthy. It was very cultic. How did you feel when those words were said over you? Like, you must marry this individual. This is against my will. The truth is, I was in a relationship about two years before I met Lynn. She kind of dumped me. She pretty much told me that I really wasn't enough because I wasn't physically enough. So she said, join a gym. So I went in the gym and to meet this criteria of being a man. Yeah. And then she eventually says, you know what, no. And how that whole thing fell apart was just very painful and very hurtful. Mm -hmm. So the idea of now Lynn saying to me, listen now, I don't want to marry you, brings back this old rejection process to me and the shame of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I met Lynn, I was in love with the idea of marriage. But was I ready for marriage? Was I prepared for marriage? I'm going to say no. What's going on, world? My name is Dean. And my name's Nikki. And you are officially tuned into the Black King, Black Queen podcast, where we explore a variety of topics, questions, and pressing thoughts. Our goal is to inspire, encourage, and educate every listener by having meaningful conversations surrounding Black love, Black excellence, and Black legacy. With every unique discussion, we unpack the good, the bad, and the ugly that most individuals will experience while on this journey called life. At the core, our message is to choose purpose over fear. We encourage every listener to let go of whatever has been holding them back and step into their individual purpose on purpose. As well, we express the importance of taking this step because there is always someone who can benefit from a lived experience. So, in the words of my husband, there's an entire audience out there waiting on your yes. So we challenge you to choose purpose over fear today. Now let's get into this episode. Let's get it. Let's go. Yeah, baby girl, baby girl. How you feel? How you feel today? I am feeling great. Today is an amazing day. We have so many exciting things to talk about today, and I'm so excited to be here with you. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. Today is going to be an actually special episode. Yeah. Um, we have two very special guests, guests that are very dear to us, um, guests that have had tremendous impact on our lives, believe it or not. Um, we got Lynn and Alton in the building today, guys. Coming hey. up. <laughs> Um, Lynn and Alton have been married for 29, 30? Was this Almost year 30? 30. Almost 30 wow. years. So wow. we got a lot to dive into today because uh, we've been married. How, how much have we been married? Five. Five actually. years. It's not even a scratch. <laughs> not even a scratch. You know? But um, honestly, like it's it's important that we surround ourselves with people that have been through life, uh, been places that we have yet to be. And um, we're just going to get a lot of wisdom today, guys. I hope you guys are ready to dive into this conversation. It's going to be an amazing conversation. If you are a person that is married or you aspire to be married, this is the conversation that you want to listen to. So without further ado, let's get into this. So, guys, we've been married almost 30 years. Where did it begin? Like, yeah, you're here sitting here at year 30, but... Where did it start? Like, how did you guys become an item? Like, what did that look like? OMG, you start. Mm. <laughs> I get the start. I get the start. You know, I, I, we talk about, and I think earlier on in the year, maybe last year, we had to do a uh, Valentine's um, couples kind of thing. And, you know, I get asked the same question, you know, how many years you've been married? And I, I, I think it was 29 back then. And I go, 29 minus 28 make it oh one. make it make it one here yeah you yeah. Know? yeah because uh, you know i'm finally yeah you know, and every year the the more you grow in the time goes is i find that is the less i know and the more i want to know yeah right and so the idea even though we're 29 going on 30 years old you know in marriage i find that there is this unveiling of who I marry, and you're realizing that, man, I didn't know anything. Wow, mm. you know, and so, so you know, so it's for me, it's it's always at year one. Yeah, you know, it's always at year mm -hmm. one. It's a never-ending journey. It's a never-ending journey. Never-ending yeah. journey. Yeah, but um, we kind of met. Uh, I don't know, call it the fluke, or you know, <laughs> or she being in the right place at the wrong time. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> But we, we kind of, you know, we met in college and, yeah. mm -hmm. um, you know, we were in the library studying together and mm -hmm. um, somebody decided to make this space a, um, 
a more like having a telephone conversation. Yeah, they were having a loud yeah. conversation yeah. in yeah. the library. Yeah. Yeah, and so unbeknownst to me, I stood up. This I stood up. She stood up at the same time, and we were just on the other side of the uh, the, the study the, desk. Yeah, yeah. The desk. yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so we kind of looked at each other like, in like, what, you know? And um, referring to the guy who was yeah, talking yeah, real loud, yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, you yeah, know, yeah. shy and everything, and wanted to tell yeah. him to take it down or not. Right. Yeah. So he was like, Arthur stepped up. Yeah, he was like, looking at me, like yeah. you know, and yeah. we're like, who is this dude? Is this not the library? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then exactly. Uh, so, we took it from there. Yeah, and and then so we, you know, I finished studying and doing what I was doing. So, I, you know, I left, and somehow we end up again seeing each other in the hallway of. Uh, uh, at uh, the the college there and began to talk we sat had a conversation for about three hours and um oh let me just interject that mm-hmm. conversation for three hours he had a car mm-hmm. and i didn't and when he was finished talking he's like okay see you later no 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 I, no, <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. no 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 let's let's just back this up no 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 that's not how i remember that that's not how i remember you know i remember taking her to the the station to get the bus yeah. In his yeah. car. Yeah, but you know, yeah, but okay. fairness, okay. I, I admit, looking back now, yeah. I'm thinking, you know what? Yeah, dude, you should have taken her home. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't. But I didn't. So yeah, I'll, I'll hone that one. I'll yeah. Hone that one. So yeah. So then you know we. Uh, you can jump in here at any time. He fell in love. <laughs> and, and the rest is history. And the rest is here we are. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, but yeah. it was a it was a process. Yeah. I mean, we um, you know, we started off. We we were going to a church at the time that probably wasn't the safest place for marriages. And so our introduction to marriage wasn't like healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, it was very cultic. Okay. And um, it was a thus say at the Lord and marriages were arranged and counseling wasn't a part of it. And you just showed up looking like church people, but you had no idea what you were getting into. And I think for us, we have learned um, if we were to give anybody any advice, like, you know, starting off now or even in the middle of the mess, yeah, we would say get honest. Yeah. yeah, get honest, have honest conversation, um, get to know the humanity in your partner, get to know their story, you know, and be honest about it. And when we ask people to be honest, we also have to create grace and space to hear what that is all about. Because a lot of times we'd be like, yeah, you can tell me the truth. And when the person's like, well, I have this problem and that and you're like, Oh, so um, I don't like that kind of truth, right? So for us, we got into marriage very, very quickly because of the unhealthy cultic environment, religious. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's only when we left that we realized that we needed a lot of a lot of wise counsel. Do you know what I mean? Whether in a therapeutic sense where we're seeing a marriage counselor. Or even sit in, you know, with other married couples that had done the time, done the work, and um, become a part of a community where the goal was healthy marriages and healthy families. And I think that those honest, honest conversations, good counsel, I think, um, would be the advice if we were to give somebody, you know, 30 years, you know, looking back. We would say, because everything is figure outable. Do you would you say? Yeah, yeah you know, for, for, you know, and probably will speak to on the, the you know perspective of a, of a well couples, but for for guys, I would advise if if you're thinking about getting married, you know, you know, there's a scripture that talks about prepare your work in the field first. Yep. Then you build your house, mm-hmm. and what that is saying is that take every proper precaution prioritize organize make sure that you lay a foundation for your own life first yeah and lynn is talking about earlier on about honesty you know and be willing to bear 
be in a place to bear the weight of whatever each other is going to be share, mm -hmm. you know, are willing to share with you. And that sometimes may not necessarily what we want to hear, mm -hmm. you know, um, the truth, right? Because had I paid attention to a lot of those truths that she was speaking to me earlier on in our relationship, even when we were courting, mm -hmm. you know, because the truth is, you know, she didn't really want to marry me, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. You know? So, so that yeah. leads me to this, right? So as a man, you obviously have to make the step and say, you know what, like, I'm ready for this thing. For men, long-term commitment can be a thing, like, that we shy away from. What was it about Lynn that made you say, you know what, I'm ready to go all in, whether I think I'm ready or not. <laughs> like, but at the moment, I feel like I'm ready to go all in with this woman and um, ask her to be my wife. Like, what was it? Like, what made you make that step? You know, that, that's such a big question. That's a broad <laughs> question because, you know, the idea of being ready, because back when I met Lynn, if I, if I, and being honest, and I think this whole conversation here is about being honest yeah. because back then when I met Lynn, I was in love with the idea of marriage because yeah. for me, you know, grew up in a church and mm -hmm. all this i knew i knew this is one thing i knew for sure i would not have a relationship outside of marriage yeah i i didn't like that old idea mm -hmm. right so i know definitely i having a relationship has got to be in the confinement of marriage yeah. right but was i ready for marriage was i prepared for marriage i'm gonna say no i i i at that time when i met her i saw this incredible person she was smart she was intelligent I, you know i still am absolutely 100%, 100%. and for most of us men we 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 our eyes you know we are moved by what we see Right. And so I saw this incredible woman. She's got everything or beauty and, you know, and 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 yes, I was attracted to her. I liked the way she looked, how she walked, how she carried herself. And I thought, yes, this was someone that I think I, I can spend my, my life with. But the truth is, you know, could, would I need or could I have mm -hmm. needed more time mm -hmm. in preparing my work in the field first? And then build my house absolutely 100%. And looking back now, I go, yeah, you weren't even, you, dude, you were not ready. You yeah. were wow. not ready. You were not ready. And wow. okay, so they say marriages, you'll know in the first five to seven years how, how, how it's going, right? Could you explain the first five to seven years of marriage for you guys? Like, what did that, what did that look like? So from college, <laughs> from college leading up to the marriage, how was that journey? And then from year one to about year seven, five, like, what did that look like? Well, I'll tell you one thing, like the, even the night before marriage, <laughs> it was hard, you know, oh, wow. the night before we got married, we, it was hard because, you know, we were actually traveling down to see, uh, have a, a, a conversation with um, our respective spiritual leader. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And even in that uh, uh, journey was difficult. And because she was saying, you know, this is not for me. I, 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 I don't want to marry. Mm -hmm. Right. And so and you know what I think and looking back now, I wish I wish I was I had paid attention. I had listened carefully. Right. Right. Um, because w does what would that mean for me? Does that mean that I would be out of a potential wife? Possible. But the idea when we talk about love and um, because love is having that profound connection with each other. And, you know, the Bible talks about in Corinthians about love is patient, kind, wonderful and not not seeking its own, mm -hmm. you know. And if I was functioning in truly in love, then I would be willing to listen to what she was saying. Yeah. Right. But I wasn't because because the sh and the truth is, I was in a relationship prior to how I uh, about two years before I met Lynn, right? And so, so and this, for lack of better words, she kind of dumped me. <laughs> we got, we she got, dumped we, we got to walk through that, guys. <laughs> you know, kinda, she, kinda dumped the, she dumped me. She dumped me. She dumped me. She she pretty much told me that. Uh, she was leaving me. Yeah, yeah. She, exactly. The, I I really wasn't uh, enough. 
And yeah. and so so here's the thing, because I wasn't physically enough, so she said join a gym. So I went into the gym and is trying to get the muscles and whatever to meet this criteria of of being what, a man yeah. in her perspective. And um and then she eventually says, you know what? No. I um and how that whole thing fell apart was just very painful and very hurtful. Mm-hmm. So the idea of now Lynn saying to me, listen now, I don't want to marry you brings back this old rejection process t- to me and the shame of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That came about with that is like, oh, snap. Here's another situation where you've been dumped on and rejected. And so I'm so I'm not willing to listen to her saying, you know, he just won't get married. This is how <laughs> I'm feeling. This is whether it be some sign that she may see in me mm-hmm. that she is saying, you know what, listen, I want to be cautious. I'm not so sure that's concern for me, whatever. But I wasn't paying attention to all that because I was determined to get what I wanted. Right, right. Okay, so I feel like there's a lot to unpack here. And I want to pull it back to the previous comment that you made before saying that you guys were pretty much just married for one year. What was that? Like, what did you mean by that? And then, Lynn, I have another question for you, too. What what was it about marriage that you didn't want to be married? Like, why didn't you want that whole idea of being married? So yeah, so Lynn, let's like let, let's so Lynn, like yeah, let's mm-hmm. start with Lynn. Why weren't you ready, or why didn't you view marriage as something that you wanted to have for yourself? I think there was so many, um, you know, there were so many things that were going on. Again, you know, there was, uh, you know, when I met Alton, I was in college still. Um, I had an idea of what I wanted. You know, I wanted like a house like there are certain things that I had that I had for myself and when Alton came along we were really good at conversations I think that's probably what kept us for 30 years okay. that we were good talkers and when I say that I just meant that however difficult a situation was we were able to talk even if we didn't get full understanding we were still able to talk. And so when he came along, there were things that I saw that I didn't think that, you know, that, that, you know, we were ready. And he had ended a relationship and I was in a, in a relationship that I wasn't sure if this person was going to marry me or not. And so my focus was really on that. But again, because we were in an unhealthy environment, um, the declaration came from the pulpit that we must get married. So there was this confusion as to our own personal traumas that we were experiencing, me trying to get affirmation from this relationship that I'm not sure of, him dealing with the rejection of the relationship that he just walked away from. And then now God is saying we have to get married from yeah. the pulpit. And mm-hmm. I thought to myself, this is a little cray. <laughs> a right? little cray. So that that's something that um where I feel the church really dropped the ball. I wouldn't say the church. People who were in leadership position at the churches um dropped the ball. Me personally, I know relationships that were hap- that happened, marriages that happened based on someone said they had a dream. And um the relationship went over 20 years and they both hated each other for the 20 years and finally got the courage to say, you know what, I'm done. But like what that did was so much damage. And if there was wise counsel, a lot of that, those mistakes would have been able to be caught before it blew up and exploded, right? Mm-hmm. So how did you feel when those uh, words were said over you? Like you must marry this individual. My takeaway is God didn't like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and it was really, it had nothing to do with Alton. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was really, this is against my will, you know, and, you know, coming from my own personal trauma growing up, it just felt like authority. God felt like a bully on a throne, not understanding the complexity of humanity. And so I was really, really, really angry, but there was a part of me that's like, I don't want to disobey God. Right. And so I'll marry him because God said, 
but my heart wasn't there. It, it wasn't there. And I think, you know, if I could just pause for a moment and for people that are in those kind of dynamics, it's really, really important that we um, that you seek counsel because it's not that our relationship wasn't meant to be something beautiful. It's just that we had all these interruptions that kept interrupting mm-hmm. the the covenant of marriage. And when you are not focused on a covenant and you're making other agreements outside of it, of course, your chances of survival, just think of a contract. Mm -hmm. You know, you have one contract that you sign for, and then from that contract, you're now making agreements with other contractors on the one contract. Mm -hmm. Like, there's all kind of legalities, right? And it was the same thing. Like, marriage is a covenant. It's an agreement that you make with God and each other. And so if there is not a clarity on the conditions, the pre-existing conditions, the conditions and the commitment that you're willing to commit to, then you're really setting yourself up for failure. I also think that we have this delusional idea that marriage is all about mush and marriage is only defined by a happy feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, like when we really read that scripture in Corinthians that talks about love, love is kind. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like those are human experiences. So we don't have to be like, Ooh, I fall into his eyes, like, you know, Scarlett O'Hara kind of thing, but it, it's honoring, you know? So even in difficult places, I'm not talking about places where you're being abused or anything like that, mm-hmm. but even in challenging relationships, if you get back to the basic as how can I honor this man that is created in the image and likeness of God? How can I be kind to him? What if I was called to be the usher in his life? How will I demonstrate that? Do I have to be like madly in love or can I start from a place of honoring? And so for me, you know, that's when like the shift happened, but it, it took a lot of work, a lot of work. And it's funny that you say that because, um, I think that's when a shift happened in our marriage Mm -hmm. when, um, I was so used to, Man, I'm going to do this because if I do this, then she'll be good. And you know, if I get the money, if I do this, all that stuff, I'll do this for her and whatever. It was more so about building me so she will be all right. Um, when we began to focus on serving each other, everything switched. So it's funny. Um, first three years of our marriage, we were just like, yeah, man, it's a walk in the park, man. Nothing was <laughs> happening. Everything was going happy-go-lucky. Then crisis came. And that's when we really had to look into ourselves like, all right, how are we going to get through this? What are And that was the hardest season of my life because I had to deal with me. Like normally it's just like I, I used to go through life like I was never the problem until I had to realize, okay, I am a problem. And if I see myself as a problem, it's giving me a better chance to fix certain things, right? And when I began to, to see that, I was like, oh my God, what have I been doing for the last three years, right? And um, we've been working on it and it, and, and it, and it got better. Yeah, so it's, it's like what you said. People think that relationships and marriage is all about that like fluff and lovey-dovey stuff, which it was for us in the beginning. But like you said, when crisis hit, it kind of just like threw us left and it was the first time we ever had to like take in our situation, take in our surroundings, and actually, I don't like that you do this. I actually, I don't love that thing. So how could we work together to make this thing be better for us? And it's been working well. And I wanted to touch on the part about having that healthy communication. That's something like I'm really learning and it's so important. I can't even stress it enough. Communication is key to everything. And so I'm happy you said that. But Alton, I want to go back to the part about when God said, you know, you she should marry you and vice versa, how did her not feeling like you were enough make you feel with that statement being at hand? Okay, so are we talking about the first relationship or? No, the, no so us. with you. Okay. Because right. she's not welcome okay. at this table. Okay. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Sorry. Yeah. Hey. You know what? Okay, so even, yeah, so driving down, like I said, you know, and Dean, you talked about, uh, you know, that first year with you guys, you know, and that's fantastic for us. Right off the bat, mm-hmm. it was just chaos. You know, we just went one, and it just seems like it was a systematic thing. Just one year, we couldn't figure out. You know, we, we on paper to say we had a solid year where there was no nothing, problem. nothing yeah. that popped up. You know, but going back to that night when we went to have that meeting and, and have this conversation with this, you know, our spiritual leader or pastor at the time, 
And um, she says, you know, I feel that, you know, this is God's will for you to learn to marry Alton. And for, for a guy that just came out of a relationship that, um, that there was the pain of rejection and now having at the brink of having another mm-hmm. relationship that's going to go south on you and to hear the spiritual leader saying, you know what, yeah, I think this is the will of God for her to marry you. Of course, yeah, in a, you know, it's, well, it a re- it's a relief mm-hmm. yeah. that, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be rejected, mm-hmm. you know? And so I will get what I want or so I think, mm-hmm. right? But and not taking into consideration what she was going through. Right. Yeah. And I think looking back now, uh, yeah, it, it hurts because I'm going, yes, you know, the idea that I wouldn't get what I wanted that night, but at least, you know, we would walk away. Maybe she needed time. Maybe she just needed some time to figure out in her head what exactly she was going to get herself involved, right? But then that would allow us to put things in perspective and our relationship with each other, where we wanted to, because there was a, there was a lot of things that was going on in my life that, and the whole idea of being honest again, that I, I say, guys, you can never, this, is, this has got to be a, the foundational thing. Let that be. Don't hold back. Whatever. Yeah, whatever is going on in your life, just bring it on out, you know? Um, man, with help, yeah, with help, <laughs> with help, right? Because I, I think that will create a healthy foundation for a stronger relationship. Yeah. And I can't emphasize that more. Just be honest. So, yeah, hearing that statement coming from a, my spiritual leader, our spiritual leader, it's an, an affirmation to me. It was felt good, but at the same time, she says, okay. But, you know, someone once says that a person that is convinced against their own will yeah. is never convinced at all. And so she was never convinced that I was the one. But under duress, she made that decision. And um, that was painful. And I think going back, you know, over the years, and I look back and we go through all the things that we go through. And I think now we're we're we'll probably talk about how we get here but now we're here and i'm looking back and i'm going man you know i i should have just walked away mm-hmm. you know i should have been strong enough to say okay you're not ready yeah it hurts but yeah wow could you tell us about a time where you had to navigate some challenges between the two of you and then somehow find the strength and the courage to rebuild that trust and partnership that you had between each other? Yeah, listen, I, I was, I, I started a business and, um, you know, talking about it kind of, you know, gets a little bit emotional about it. Um, with the effort of providing I didn't. I didn't properly cross my, my T's and dot my eyes. Okay. I yep. didn't. I didn't do my groundwork. You know, we talked about earlier about, you know, the scripture prepare your work outside and do all that kind of stuff. I didn't do it. I, I just and so it cost us a tremendous amount of money. We we end up um, financially, you know, as a place of bankrupt. Yeah. We had to do bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. bankrupt. Yeah. Um, and um, it it was painful, mm-hmm. and 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 the shame of it too. Yeah, you know. And so, but I think about it now, how painful and hurtful this was to her. I never asked her. I never came to her and says, you know, there are some things that looking back now, I could have gone to her and said, you know, okay, you know what? Listen, I'm planning to do this, this, this. You know, can you oversee this? I thought, and perhaps maybe it's a sign of pride. Maybe it was the fact that. In my, uh, you know, sometimes we men thought, you know, you got to man up and do things and right. show yourself to be a man. And so going out there and doing these things. But and, and it would have worked if I had taken the time to maybe even if it wasn't from her, but seek someone who was financially stable enough, like an accountant, whatever. Mm. But I didn't. 
and so it cost us a lot and uh, and that hurt her and and but she had to learn to forgive me so but I'll let her speak to yeah, that but yeah. okay so I want I want to touch on that because um we also well similar <laughs> I lost a lot of money two years ago like almost everything like literally everything I had um as a man I didn't know how to like really communicate with Nikki when it first happened because I was just so focused on how in the world am I going to get it back I didn't even worry about like how she was feeling at that mo- at the time um and it wasn't until later I was just like all right I still have a family here and a home that I have to be present in right um I feel like when when men lose financially it drove me to a place where I almost I'm not gonna lie well people know it I almost jumped like I would mm. be driving mm-hmm. and I was just like man if I just take this car and just tip over this bridge mm-hmm. right now because I associated the money with my identity mm. and um and 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 that was detrimental and I feel like if we we were open but there were some feel things I was feeling on the inside that I never told her until we started talking on the podcast and if I had like maybe talked with her uh, before I got all the way there thinking I well, maybe I should just jump maybe things would have been different but um yeah it 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 it, it hurt and I want to know for you how did you mm-hmm. feel when when he made the bad business decision like what did well, how did you feel and what was the result of that decision how did you act react to that decision well the thing about it is is that my background is financial planning. <laughs> and so when a lot of these, I would try to have conversations with him as I saw things unfold in. And what I would say, and I would give people language for this, you are in a partnership, right? And a partnership means that whatever decisions that are being made, especially the big decisions, it is actually dishonest not to share it with your partner. Right. It's it's if you even look into the legality of partnership agreements, like it's it's partnership. The word means is that there are more than one person operating this, whether the percentage is 70, 30 or 90, 10. As long as a business is registered as partnership, two people are making a decision. The percentage doesn't really hold weight, except for when you're going to purchase uh, and you need the weight of the, the one. But the agreement the title of partnership means that it, it requires two people. And so for couples, whatever decisions that you're making, partnership, you got to come together and have the conversations. So I would try to prevent some of these things. I think one of the offerings that I had made early is when I saw that he was passionate about the business. I thought, okay, this is his love. Like he's excited about this. I said, we had a bigger house at the time. And I said, let's downsize, get something smaller. And then that way I can be fully devoted to the things in the, in our house and he can fully be devoted to his partner, his business. Then that way it takes the strain off when the business is not working, mm-hmm. when funds are not coming in, we're hustling, right? We're preparing ourselves for the hustling part, yep. mm-hmm. the part that you need to go, oh, Lord Jesus, we need $5, right? right? And But he wasn't listening, and that's <laughs> that. So when it came and it happened, I found out. Oh, okay. I there it found is. Okay. out, right? So it wasn't that I told her. Um, she found out. And and even in, even in a, and I want to expose a line in my head because even, even though I knew that when the, the bill comes and she sees a credit card, uh, that hell is going to break loose and this, but yet... For me, I guess, and it didn't make sense now, but you're thinking, oh, I'd rather deal with that now than, you know, because telling her she's going to be mad. But either way, the whole idea is that what I was doing was wrong, but the way she found out even made it worse because I didn't, I could have gone to her and says, listen, um, I made some decision and you're going to find out the bill is going to come and this is what's happening. But I, I didn't because um, whether it was fear 
or shame, whatever that was, but it kept me in a place of being dishonest and cost me tremendous pain. I want to talk about courage in that, though, because I think courage is really what makes the difference. Right. You know, and I think... Um, I had, a, I had someone say to me one time when we had children, you know, you know, we talk about, especially in the black community, we talk about, you know, like our young girls having babies and not, and, and they mm-hmm. went through a plethora of things that are devastating to, you know, a parent. And this little lady said to me, the worst thing that can happen to you is that you bury your child. Everything else you can work through. Yeah. Do you know? And I, that was a really turning point in my perspective on a lot of things. And I think the courage was really putting down or not even putting down, but walking with the baggage of your shame and your guilt and your fear and coming to the table and saying, I made some decisions that weren't the best. And how do we move on from here? All right. So. Um, I want I want to get transparent. Mm-hmm. We said the worst thing that um could happen is burying a child, right? What were some of the worst or the worst things you guys had to go through as a as a married couple, and how did you navigate in that season and um see your way come see yourself come out of that season for better? Oh, um, we, yeah, we we lost. A yeah, lot of we, we okay. So I think, and you know, it's funny because. That's not funny, but um, looking back now, um, there were so many things, so many things, because even in the craziness of her not wanting to marry me originally, but yet we did it anyways. And so here we are. Um, She's not totally committed to this because this is not what her heart, this is not what her heart was saying to do. And I totally get that now. I totally get that now, you know, and understand that. Um, and so, and here I was trying to make her see that she made the right decision, but yet I wasn't doing all the right things, right. you know? And so, so we're trying so many different things, having a baby, having children. We, we end up, um, having how many miscarriages, five, five miscarriages and yeah. how many atopic pregnancies, we had one atopic. right? Mm-hmm. And so having the, carrying the pain of that. And she can speak even more to, about that. But as, you know, as the husband and, you know, it, it was hard, you know. And then, so that was one thing. And then the financial situation, that was uh, another thing that we had to navigate through. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was rough for a hot minute. <laughs> talk to me, Lily. It was rough for a hot Lily, minute. Talk to me. <laughs> you know, we um we were trying, listen, when we got into this marriage thing, we decided as difficult as we were still going to try our best. And I think one of the things that we can see now is that we were really for each other, but we just didn't have the language to speak to each mm-hmm. other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we were all both in the FBI business. We were just trying to cover up our stuff. Yeah. Right? So it's like, as long as I clean up and I cover up and I come inside, mm-hmm. it's all. But there's some core things that are interfering or interrupting the marriage, life, individually and as a couple. So I think for me, the marriage was one thing Then we had, you know, five pregnancy loss. And for nine years, we couldn't have children. And in in church culture, in black culture, you know, people come up with things like, girl, I have some bush, you know, mm-hmm. because me here not yep. lucky. Mm-hmm. And like just these different things. And it was just like so many, you, you were just being dissected, it right. seems. Like I'm not a woman because I can't give birth. I'm not a wife because, you know, he keeps repeating stuff. I'm not enough, which again speaks to like your own personal trauma. So you're triggered and reliving and triggered and reliving. So for us, it was really um, when we had our first daughter, which um, we were happy. We were like, finally, God is God. You know, who is it in the Bible? Um, Hagar that talked about God sees me when she had left Sarai after she had become pregnant with Ishmael. And so we were like, finally, he is the God that sees us. 
and within we gave birth to our daughter in July and I was rushed to the hospital two months later um three months later I found out I had thyroid cancer um uh two months after that I had to do radiation then three months after the radiation we found out um I had infertility problems so I didn't think I can get pregnant we got pregnant with our second daughter wow. and both the oncologist and the endocrinologist said you need to terminate this pregnancy because radio you still have radioactive material in your body and this child is going to be born with deformities. So and 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 the interesting thing about that, I just went deaf. Mm-hmm. I walked out the oncologist's office. I didn't even tell him. He did not find out that they had asked me to terminate uh, our second daughter until her eighth birthday. Wow. wow. We were having a celebration. Wow. And all of a sudden, I said, like, God is so good. I remember when the doctors told me. Wow. And he looked at me. He goes, I, go, I didn't tell you that. Oh, no. <laughs> because it's just like. We had had enough yeah. that I was just going to take that and throw it in the sea yeah. of forgetfulness. Yeah. And, and you know, um, to God be the glory, we have a healthy, we had a healthy baby who is Amazing. in university right now. Amazing. But just those were some of the things, you know, it was knowing that God was still seeing us mm-hmm. in the middle of the mess. Wow. Okay. So you just dropped a bomb on us. You went through having cancer. Yeah. What was that season like? Um, was it scary for you, Alton? Yeah. The okay. So the first time, uh, the first the thyroid cancer that was just after our first child was born, Hannah, and um, uh, that was scary because here I was. Um, I remember just before uh, she went into the hospital, she, you know, she developed this lump in her neck, and I remember we going to during pregnancy going to our family doctor and um he had great concerns about it but he goes listen you are high risk pregnancy so we're not going to do anything about it we're just going to let it go watch it and um after the the delivery of the the child then we will go in and see what's happening and so yeah when we found that out that was difficult you know all just so many emotions that are going through your mind here you are i'm now with a brand new baby um, my, my, my workplace was, was kind enough. I remember the, the owner president at the time came to me and he says, listen, what do you need from us? And I said, I need, all I need right now is time. And he says, you got it. So I was on probably for about two months just with this baby, brand new baby. And, uh, you know, so during the day I would, uh, you know, solicit um, help from family members to... All the teachers that were off in the summer. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) to go while I go and visit Lynn in the hospital. And then in the night, it was just me and this young baby. So um, so it it was... Were there so many emotions of, will she be okay? Mm -hmm. Am I going to lose her? Absolutely, 100%. And then in that in that season, were you guys was everything all right with you guys? Were you guys on good terms? Yeah, we were like yeah, good yeah, like chicken and yeah. chips, as yeah. they say in Trinidad. <laughs> yeah. So how how did you feel in that process, um, Lynn? You know, I am one of those people where I am like, give me the stats, yeah. give me the process, tell me how many steps I gotta take, and let's get this thing over with. So for me, it wasn't it was scary. But I just had this baby that I've been that I waited eight years for. So I was like, get me better tomorrow, guys. I need to get out of here. Like, I don't even have time for the. Do you know how much time the oncologist would come and say, "Uh, hello? Sorry. You know, because my I was so enamored with having a baby that it was like I think it was a blur. It it became a blur. uh, But it was scary. It was really a, a scary time, and but we we but the other side of it is we also had a great community. Can I can I just sit for a moment? Can we linger in the importance of a good community? Yeah, it's everything. Oh, Listen, the villagers in our community would take our baby and watch her for weeks. They would drop off food. They would like. Like things that you don't imagine or you can't even ask for, they had already had a list of things that they were going to do. And community also invested in us. When we saw people were more interested in our own marriage 
than we were. We were like, this is something special. And so there was a lot of tides that were turning in the middle of the turmoil that God was using people to 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 pour back into and restore the hope of marriage. All right. Perfect, man. That is that that's scary because I cannot imagine the thought of losing Nikki. Like mm. that to me is crazy. I honestly don't know what what I would do. You guys said um it's been 29 going on 30 years, right? You said 28 years was rocky and you said you would go back to the one year like this one year everything was you kind of like made the 28 years mm-hmm. worthwhile kind mm-hmm. of you know and i think i think what i meant mm-hmm. by that is that now we're going on to 30 years mm-hmm. but for me every additional year yeah i subtract 20 Nine or if t- next year it's gonna be thirty, thirty, and I'm gonna subtract twenty nine. Yeah, so okay, so it's one. another year. Okay, yeah. so it's year. So I'm always year, gonna be yeah. at one, the first year, number one, because for me, I'm still growing and learning all the many incredible things about her. All right, and, and so so I, I'm not one of those guys who will say, well, thirty years. I think I know it all because you know what? No, I am just getting to learn because I'm now I'm I'm paying attention. I'm learning to pay attention to the things that fill her love tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So can you give us some insight on what the process was towards choosing love and marriage and staying committed and happily married to each other? <sighs> First, we sought counsel. Yeah. We were in therapy. Uh, individually, mm-hmm. right? Because we have our own issues, our own personal issues, our own f- trauma, our own, and even if we don't have like the big traumas, we have things that get in the way of seeing people the way God sees them, right? Right. And wise counsel really helped me individually and Alton, and then we did couples counseling. Okay. And one of the things I would strongly recommend in couples counseling you do it before you get married. You do it after you get married. And you do it during the course of being married. Because what it teaches us is about hearing, mm-hmm. right? Not hearing to respond, yep. but listening, yep. lingering in the emotion and the feeling of the other person. And it's almost as like the therapist puts a lid on your mouth. And then they reflect back what your partner is saying. And then you would sink in the chair and you'd go, oh, Jesus, I didn't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> so you really get to see the mirror of who the person is. And then there is a kind, there's a kindness that shows up in that. So I would say counseling was our biggest, it was the tool that God gave to us to not only restore love and 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 goodness and kindness but to honor marriage the way god sees it you know when god talks about preparing the bride and he talks about the stains and he talks about all those things we know that there are some complexities to it we know there's going to be some hardness in it but i think when you start to see it the way god sees it through wise counsel and uh, uh you know this this your communication the language we have a thing when things are going off course so he would say something to me and i would be in a bit of a mood mm-hmm. and going what what he mean mm-hmm. and instead of like internalizing i would say you know expose the lie expose the lie in my head, head right yeah so, so for example yeah yeah so if it's something um i i, I think recently um well it was just it was just an off day and yeah. whether she was focusing, focusing on something and, uh, but you know, somehow the lie in my head that she was upset about something. So I think I it was later on in the evening and I said, um, you know, I, I, I want to expose a lie in my head and I'm feeling that you are thinking actually, no, no. What was it? It was, uh, you were sitting eating something and I asked you if you were eating Mm-hmm. Such mm-hmm. A, and she goes, yeah, and uh, and she. And I'm a little spicy sometimes. <laughs> <when I respond. laughs> but she was concerned that I was talking about 
weight or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I thought he right. was taking a jab uh, at my yeah. weight. And yeah, so, and so right? and so and so. Um, but my intention was to to say, okay, you know what, I, I could, I could, I could have something that too. Me. I could yeah, join yeah. that, but it didn't quite came out that way. that way. And so she heard it a different way. And so later on in the night, uh, I went upstairs and she had just, you know, settled down. And I said, okay, I want to expose a line in my head. Did you think this way when I asked you that question? Mm -hmm. And she says, yes, I did. I thought you were making reference to, you know, and I said, you know what? No, I I, I didn't. Mm -hmm. That was not my intention, but this was my intention. And so right there, you know, we kind of just clear the atmosphere that nothing else can build from that whether in her mind or in mine because we, we shut it down we shut it down yeah. right mm-hmm. there yeah. and so that is that is and you, so you're learning these things mm-hmm. you know um and you're learning to do things uh this september and i did something that i've never done before uh-huh and um <laughs> and uh, uh because I planned it, a birthday party for her, and I. It was it was it was probably about twenty, almost thirty people. But I was careful enough to choose people in their circle that meant the world to her. Okay. It yeah. was it, it was very part of that process too was kind of concerning because I realized I was taking people from her world, different yeah. parts of her world, and bringing them into one place, and so but. It worked out. It reached. It touched her, mm-hmm. and that says that I was listening. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm concerned more. It wasn't about me. It was mm-hmm. all about her. Right. You know. So these are yeah. So is there a moment in your relationship in your marriage where you could say that this was the reassuring thing that happened that reminded you as to why you got married and why this is right and why this works. And in addition to that, what is something that you would share with a couple who may be going through a hard time or having similar experiences? I think for us, when we realize in our marriage how good of a friendship we had, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that was really the 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 juiciness for us because we can literally sit at the fire pit and we can talk for hours and laugh and joke and really enjoy each other's company. And we don't have any kind of like agenda in the conversation other than to good friend talk. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when, you know, for guys, when they have their guy talks and girls, when they go, we have this really good ability to have great conversations and I think that's really what is the strength of our marriage that we can sit and talk for hours about everything we have learned to really not take everything personal it is not always about I you know and and then we the kindness I think sometimes we are so focused on the loveness that we don't realize how kindness yeah. mm-hmm. is really a comfort yeah. in relationships. And so if I was to say anything to a couple that is really struggling right now, is find a way to talk. You know, for me, Alton knows I have two love languages. It's coffee in the morning <laughs> or... Uh, a glass of wine in the afternoon by the fire pit. If you want to get anything from me, set an atmosphere with those two things. <laughs> I love that. And I will talk until Jesus comes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And so it's finding out the little things about your partner that you can sort of tune into. Like when he threw me the birthday party, if I had any wind that he was throwing me a birthday party, mm-hmm. I would have tech it over. And it would have been, but he did such an incredible job. And I thought that party wasn't even so much about the party. It was about him listening and noticing. And so I think sometimes we make relationship things about big things. Like I got to buy the house and I got to buy, 
but it's the small things. Yeah. It's like, you know, my wife or my husband likes a cup of coffee. My husband likes, you know, a good meal. I'm, I'm invested in cooking. It's the, it's the little things that causes the marriage to stay together. The big things, you can work those out. But I would say for a struggling couple, try and find the little things about each other that would make a huge difference because it's the little things. Do you know what I mean? What would you say? And, and for guys, I, I would say, listen, don't be afraid for those hard conversations yep. mm-hmm. because those are actually very important. You know? Um, yeah, sometimes it makes us uncomfortable because it takes us to places that we don't necessarily want to go because they're triggering because, you know, we're products of our environment and sometimes we're carrying things. I knew I was, and, and listen, I am big, I am big on therapy and for guys, yes, black I, guy. I, I, I'm going to tell you, listen, I hear you. Uh, you know, there's yep. no shame in doing therapy. Find a therapist get in there because you know we don't we as men we don't we don't share we locked our emotions and we will carry them our pain our hurt and you know and but and here's the thing because that pain and that hurt will show up Mm -hmm. and it sometimes end up showing up in relationship we lashes out and and so you know i'll say yeah get some therapy talk to somebody you know, that's, I'm believing Jesus in therapy, mm-hmm. you know, Amen. so I that, that is absolutely important. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid of those hard conversations. Be open. Yeah, when you're having those hard conversations with your spouses and she wants to go here, mm-hmm. don't shy away from it. You know, it's very important that you go there right? and, um, and have those conversations. All right, so right. my last thing, not even a, yeah, it's a question. I ask every single married couple this question. If there's one thing you could apologize to each other for, what would that one thing be and why? I, listen, I think we're here now and this is wonderful. We're enjoying our relationship, our family. Um, I'm learning more and more the the many incredible things about her and that's wonderful and um but would i if i had to go back and apologize would be apologize first for her having feel a sense of being pressured to marry when she didn't um i think i think that took away something very dear from her. You know, the fact that she didn't feel, felt that she had a choice. And when your, ch- when your sense of choice is taken away from you, that's not a good place to be. So I, I would go back and apologize for that to say, listen, I am sorry that you felt just so pressured and not having the ability to make your own choice, you know? And, 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 and then, you know, just the mistakes of even financial mistakes, that, you know, that robbed our family of so many things because I didn't, I didn't listen. Mm. I didn't, I wasn't hearing you. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear, you know? I would go back and say, listen, I am sorry. I'm sorry for that. Wow. I love that, man. I love that. (laughs) Lynn, if there's one thing you could say sorry for, what would that be and why? I think for me, I would apologize trying to be a woman and tell a man to be a man. I think for me, I had my own versions of what a man was but the the truth is that I wasn't a man and so I needed to give him the space to feel that out to know what that means to him not even according to how we define manhood but according to the design 
that God had for him, that I would have gotten out of the way of his image and likeness of God trying to create it for me. So I would apologize for trying to interfere what God had already saw and knew was good Mm -hmm. and would have allowed him to just live according to purpose. You know, in the book of Genesis, it says that when God was finished and he looked at man, he said it was good. So there was nothing wrong with him. And I think me assuming that everything is wrong with him was the problem. So I would apologize for getting interrupting what God had already called good and trying to redefine it to something that I wasn't. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And you, you mentioned the word purpose and I've been chasing that more than, than ever before. Um, I believe that everyone has a God given assignment here on earth and it must be fulfilled. And I was going to end it, but um, how would you correlate purpose and your marriage? Like what would, so what would be something you would say that your marriage is purposeful? Like, and it's, you're, you're, you're operating in God's purpose and his design for you in this marriage. Like, what does that look like for you? For me, I, you know, I'm going to go back to the basics on that one. I take so much pride in creating a home mm-hmm. that whatever is going on outside, when you come in, it's the safest place on earth. Hey, that's it right there. Do you know, you like have to say another word. cooking a meal, yep. uh, cleaning the house, yep. um, getting things in place and in order so that whatever chaos is outside, when you get inside, you can find the milk, you can have a, a, a meal on the table, you can sit on the couch. I even go to as far as the aroma in the house. Mm-hmm. I have more scented candles than <laughs> the bad body, whatever store the bad store the is, works. right? Yeah, I know it. Because I just think that of all the things that I can do and be good and get accolades for the best accolade for me is when my family comes home and feel like they belong in this space so for me it's there love it that's purpose in marriage for me right there that's good i don't care about anything else right that's good that's good it's funny she said that because a couple of weeks ago and it was a Thursday, and I walked in the house, and, you know, I can smell the food, and, <laughs> you know. And so I walked in, there was a beautiful, delicious pot of soup. And, but in, she wasn't home, she went to get our son. But on the, uh, there was a podcast or a, uh, with Jake's, T. Bishop Jake's. Mm-hmm. And he, but it was just... The idea that there was this aroma of sweet smelling food, mm-hmm. and then there was this presence yes. that was just in the. And I walked in, and we have a dog. We have a dog, yeah. mm-hmm. and so she walked in just then, a few minutes with our son, and um, I w- and the dog was crying and doing all that thing, but I was so I was irritated with the fact that this dog was carrying on, interrupting this flow that I sense. And I thought, and she walked in and I go, this is amazing. So, but my purpose, I think my purpose is, and I love the fact that she feels complete. And the idea that she feels safe. I love that. And I think my purpose is always to make sure that I let her know that she is safe. As a woman, as God's child, as my wife, as my children's mother, I want her to know that she's loved and that she is safe. And so I think I want to, that's my purpose in making sure and working and um, her functioning in the ministry. And for me, she's a beautiful wife and mother. She cooks well. But to me, there is so much more to her than that. And so not only in me creating that space of safety, but allow her 
to be able to, the freedom to, if God is taking her, whatever ministry that is, to do it and not being bogged down to be a, a cook or this, but to know that she fills the space of God's destiny. And that's that. Alta, you just got yourself some brownie points. <laughs> you got yourself some brownie points. Hello. But honestly, guys, I just want to say thank you guys for this. Yes. Uh, this conversation was a major. It was major, impactful. Um, there's so many things that people are going to be able to take away from this conversation and from you guys' lives, man. You guys' testimony is amazing that you're still standing. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. you are still here. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's only by the grace of God. And we like and, each other. Right? And that's part. it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. But guys, you guys already know, man, if there's one thing I'm challenging every listener out there to do is to operate in purpose. Choose purpose over fear today. And you may ask why, and I will tell you, because there's an entire audience out there waiting on yes. So I challenge you just to say yes. Yes to whatever God has for you and watch him do the rest. You already know what time it is. It's your boy, Dean. And your girl, Nikki. And we out. Peace.